Before I dive into this week's episode about leptin resistance, I want to encourage you to stay till the very end of this episode where I share some amazing, exciting news about a brand new free challenge called the Weight Loss Breakthrough Challenge. I'm going to tell you when the open enrollment date is. Again, it's completely free. And listen all the way until the end so that you know who this challenge is for, what things we're going to be breaking through during this challenge, and how it's going to empower you to take major action for your health. Enjoy this episode. If your fat stores go up, leptin levels go up and signal your brain that you have enough fat stores. Stop eating and speed up your metabolism to get you back down to your body set weight. Conversely, leptin works against you when you lose weight. When your fat stores go down, your circulating leptin goes down. These lower levels of leptin tell your brain that you don't have enough fat stores to stay in your body set weight. As any dieter knows all too well, the body has strong hormonal mechanisms that try and prevent you from losing fat. They're usually stronger than your willpower. I'm Dr. Morgan Nolte, geriatric physical therapist turned online weight loss coach and founder of the Weight Loss for Health online course, community, and coaching program. Not too long ago, I was treating geriatric patients with largely preventable conditions like type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease, falls, and dementia. Now I'm on a mission to help you lower your insulin resistance and inflammation to age well and prevent these diseases in the first place. I created the Reshape Your Health podcast to help you understand how your body actually works, how your hormones change with age and how you can outsmart and outlast these hormonal changes for sustainable weight loss. If you're looking for a trusted resource and coach to help cut through the conflicting information online and get results faster, you're in the right place. And I don't just talk the talk, I walk the talk, and more importantly, I show and teach the talk daily on my Instagram account at Dr. Morgan Nolte. So be sure you follow me on there as well for daily tips and inspiration. Let's get started. Your adipose, or fat tissue, is now recognized as an endocrine organ. It's not just some parking lot for excess fuel. It's metabolically active and produces many different cell signaling proteins called adipokines, including one called leptin. Think of leptin to your brain as your gas gauges to your car. The gauge lets you know how much gas you have. Your leptin levels let the hypothalamic region in your brain know how much energy is stored and readily available. Your brain then regulates energy homeostasis and body weight by controlling your appetite and metabolism. Put simply, your brain, not the volitional control of calories in, calories out, controls your weight. Your fat tissue and the messages it sends the brain have a direct impact on your hunger and metabolic rate. Your leptin tells your brain how much fat you have. The more fat you have, the more leptin you have. The less fat you have, the less leptin you have. Let's talk about something called your body set weight. Leptin, along with insulin, are the two primary hormones in charge of your body set weight. Leptin serves as the primary signal to your brain to burn fat, and insulin is the primary signal to store fat. If body set weight is a new term to you, let me briefly explain. Your body loves a state called homeostasis or a stable state. You're likely familiar with other forms of homeostasis in the body. For example, 
Your body likes to maintain a steady heart rate of around 70 to 100 beats per minute, a steady breathing rate of 12 to 16 breaths per minute, a body temperature of 98.7, or a blood glucose of 70 to 100, and of course, proper fluid balance. You may experience elevated blood glucose after a meal, but it will come back down. And you may experience an elevated heart rate and breathing rate during exercise, but it will also come back down to your baseline. With regular exercise, you can lower your basal heart rate and improve your blood pressure. With the right strategies, you can lower your fasting blood glucose. And the same goes with your body's preferred level of body fat. Your body has a stable state that it likes to maintain. And leptin, that little protein made by your fat cells, signals to your brain how much you have to keep it in check. In the absence of leptin resistance, as leptin levels rise, indicating you have enough fat storage for now, your appetite goes down and your metabolism speeds up to use that excess energy. This is why leptin has been termed the fat burning hormone. On the other hand, if you lose fat mass and leptin levels drop, your appetite increases and your metabolism slows down to replace that lost energy. In other words, when working properly, if your fat stores go up, leptin levels go up and signal your brain that you have enough fat stores. Stop eating and speed up your metabolism to get you back down to your body set weight. Conversely, leptin works against you when you lose weight. When your fat stores go down, your circulating leptin goes down. These lower levels of leptin tell your brain that you don't have enough fat stores to stay in your body set weight. As any dieter knows all too well, the body has strong hormonal mechanisms that try and prevent you from losing fat. They're usually stronger than your willpower. So when you do lose some weight, this decrease in leptin works against you because you're under your body set weight and your body will make every effort possible for you to regain that weight. Your metabolism is gonna slow down, your appetite increases, and your satiety goes down, so you eat more food and store more of it as fat. I know this is a little depressing for those trying to lose weight and hopefully eye-opening for those of you who have lost and regained weight, but there are plenty of strategies that help you outsmart and outlast your hormones to lose weight and keep it off. Stick around to the end of this video and I'll explain where you can learn more about how to do this. Here's a really important key I want you to remember. When you lose weight, leptin levels drop faster than insulin levels. The drop in leptin will signal your body to regain the weight before the drop in insulin has a chance to truly lower your body set weight. This is why you see more weight loss in the first month or two and then it slows down. And this is also why you so often regain weight you lose. Your hormones are working against you. And if you haven't truly made these changes part of your lifestyle, if you haven't formed new healthy habits, your hormones will win and you will regain the fat. Losing weight is a long-term game. You can't solely rely on self-control or willpower. You can't do a restrictive diet or exercise plan that you can't maintain for the rest of your life. Again, you have to outsmart and outlast your hormones to lose weight for good. Here's a picture of how your body set weight works. This is called your body set weight thermostat. And it's a negative feedback loop between insulin, your fat storage hormone, and leptin, your fat burning hormone. 
When you eat, your insulin levels will go up to move the energy from the food out of the bloodstream and into your cells. You'll gain fat. But then those, those fat cells are going to increase your leptin levels. Leptin signals your brain that you have enough fat, you're full, stop eating. Your appetite goes down and you stop eating. And anytime you aren't eating, you will lower your insulin. You can see that leptin holds insulin in check. And this is how it's supposed to work under normal conditions. So how about with leptin resistance? Leptin resistance is when your brain becomes resistant to the effects of leptin. Your brain doesn't sense that your body has enough fat and stops speeding up your metabolism and reducing your hunger to get the extra fat off. This is a visual of the body weight thermostat when you have excess weight. You eat, your insulin levels rise, you gain fat, leptin goes up, and it should lower your appetite and make you stop eating so that insulin can come back down. But remember, if more and more leptin is being released because you have more and more fat cells, eventually your body becomes resistant to those appetite suppressing and fat lowering effects of leptin. That negative feedback loop is broken. So insulin then essentially goes unregulated by leptin. Often leptin can keep up with rising insulin levels for decades, but the root problem, which is insulin resistance and inflammation from poor nutrition and lifestyle habits, hasn't been resolved. So insulin levels continue to rise. Eventually, persistent high levels of leptin cause leptin resistance, and persistent high levels of insulin cause insulin resistance. Defective cellular cleaning or autophagy has also been implicated in leptin resistance. I'm a huge advocate of intermittent fasting, and autophagy starts after about 16 hours of fasting. Improving leptin sensitivity is just another benefit of intermittent fasting. If you weigh more than you'd like, it's because insulin and leptin levels are higher than what you'd like. With leptin resistance, your brain is less sensitive to the effects of leptin. It has a harder time telling when you have enough fat, again, stop eating and speed up your metabolism. Remember, when things are going well, if your leptin goes up, your weight should go down. But most people with excess weight actually have elevated levels of leptin because they're resistant to its effects. Your brain doesn't sense that it has enough fat. And to make things worse, you also have high insulin resistance and higher levels of insulin will make your body store more fat. To cap it off, because your insulin isn't working well, glucose has a harder and harder time getting into your cells. I want you to think about how a type 1 diabetic may have dangerously high blood sugars, yet can't gain weight. There is plenty of energy in the bloodstream, but without insulin, it can't get into the cells and they can't gain weight. Someone with untreated type 1 diabetes can eat and eat and eat and never gain weight. They have excessive hunger and thirst because their cells are starving and all of that glucose is stuck in their blood. That's similar to what's happening with insulin resistance, with carb cravings, because glucose is having a hard time getting in the cells. And many people with insulin resistance say they have carb and sugar cravings. The cells want energy and they want it fast and refined carbs and sugars are just the ticket to get that fast energy your cells want. These high carb foods raise your blood sugar, which will raise your insulin and the sick cycle continues, all the while driving up your body set weight. 
it's important to note that insulin and leptin resistance are time dependent. Like rust, a little water on some metal won't do damage over one night or a week or a month. It takes a long time and so does hormonal resistance. Developing insulin and leptin resistance is a slow process and your body's set weight increases gradually over time. Most people only gain one to one and a half pounds per year, but after 15 or 20 years, that can really add up. This does not happen overnight and it won't get better overnight or weeks or sometimes even months. It can take years of consistent lifestyle changes to really get the long-term benefits of living a lifestyle that lowers insulin. But if you wanna reduce your risk for diseases like type two diabetes, cardiovascular disease, cancer, arthritis, and dementia, change you must. I want you to stop asking how many calories or points or grams of fat does this have and start asking yourself, how will this affect my insulin? So let's talk about how to lower leptin resistance. If you want to reverse leptin resistance, you're gonna to have to learn how to reduce insulin resistance. And this is exactly what I teach people how to do in my free 55 minute masterclass straight from my online program that teaches you 16 ways to lower your insulin. I want you to know this information to change your health. So get it today at weightlossforhealth.com forward slash masterclass. While I'm not going into too much detail on this episode, I do want to provide you with some tangible things you can do to lower your insulin resistance and thus leptin resistance so you can start burning fat again. The first thing that impacts insulin is of course your food choices. Food is made of various combinations of three different types of macronutrients, carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. Here's a picture that shows how each type of macronutrient affects insulin. Fat stimulates the lowest amount of insulin. Protein is moderate and carbohydrates are the highest. As a brief overview, there are three main types of carbohydrates, fiber, starch, and sugar. Fiber doesn't stimulate an insulin response. Actually, it slows down the digestion of your food, so slows your insulin response. The other two types of carbs, starches and sugars, will stimulate an insulin response. The more pure and refined the carb, the more it stimulates blood glucose and insulin. The most common cause of excessive insulin in your blood is eating a diet that's high in refined starches and sugars. If you're eating things like pop, dessert, candy, other sugary beverages, bread, pasta, bagels, or you have a diet that's high in processed foods that contain refined flour and sugar, you're elevating your blood glucose so much and so often that your insulin levels are constantly stimulated. The second thing that can stimulate your insulin response are some artificial sweeteners. You may think that diet pop and other diet drinks or artificial sweeteners don't contribute to weight gain because they don't have any calories. But remember the calorie model of obesity was wrong in the first place. The research shows that many artificial sweeteners don't help with weight loss and can actually contribute to weight gain. The reason is that some artificial sweeteners, especially sucralose and saccharin, raise insulin more than even regular table sugar. I'll link to a YouTube video that I did that covers my nice and naughty list of artificial sweeteners or sugar alternatives in light of how they stimulate insulin in the description below this video. I'd like you to think of artificial sweeteners, no matter what type they are, the same way you think about sugar, just try to eat a little bit at a time and not too often. 
If you do like artificial sweeteners or sugar substitutes and you want to include them in your diet, I recommend using stevia, erythritol, or monk fruit sweetener because these don't appear to raise insulin. And you may be wondering, how can artificial sweeteners or sugar substitutes stimulate an insulin response when they don't have any carbs and have a minimal blood glucose response? I thought blood sugar, blood glucose, was what caused insulin to be released. So how can insulin be released without a rise in blood sugar? Great question. The third factor that can stimulate insulin is something called the cephalic phase insulin response. This occurs when insulin is released in the first few minutes of your meal before your blood sugar levels rise. The cephalic phase insulin response lasts for about 10 minutes and is caused by the anticipatory sight, smell, and taste of food, and it's enhanced by the chewing and swallowing of food. This insulin response is triggered with some artificial sweeteners, even though they have no calories, which is why they don't help with weight loss. Along with the cephalic phase insulin response, the other mechanism that stimulates your body to release insulin, even when it's digesting things like protein and fat that don't directly raise blood glucose levels are called incretin hormones. Food in your stomach is going to trigger these two hormones, primarily glucagon-like peptide 1 or GLP-1 and glucose-dependent insulinotropic polypeptide, also known as gastric inhibitory peptide or GIP, to be released by your stomach and intestines. These hormones will raise insulin levels. Meal timing is a really important and commonly overlooked factor regarding insulin release. In the caloric model of obesity, when you eat doesn't matter. It's all about the total number of calories you eat in a day. But the truth is, the more frequently you eat, the more insulin is released. Reduce your snacking and learn to incorporate intermittent fasting, also known as time-restricted feeding, into your lifestyle. Stress can be a big underlying barrier to losing weight because when your body is stressed, no matter the type of stressor, your cortisol or stress hormone will go up. Cortisol causes more blood glucose to be released in your bloodstream and more glucose causes more insulin to be released. Sleep deprivation is another crucial piece to insulin resistance. Studies show that if you don't get at least seven hours of sleep each night, you're increasing your risk for weight gain and disease. When you're sleep deprived, your cortisol, blood glucose, and insulin levels will all go up, just like any other stress on your body. If you aren't losing weight or have reached a plateau and haven't focused on your sleep, this may be an excellent place to start. Medications are another factor that affect your weight loss more than you probably realize. Some medications cause higher blood sugars, which will in turn raise your insulin and make it harder for you to lose weight. Your regular medications actually become a contributing factor to your body set weight. A few common examples of medications that raise insulin are corticosteroids, antidepressants, some diabetes medications like insulin or some containing sulfonylureas, some heartburn drugs, some blood pressure medications, especially beta blockers, they usually end in OLOL, hormone therapy or contraceptives, and anti-seizure drugs like Depakote. These are only a fraction of the medications that can contribute to weight gain. 
Most medications won't say if they raise insulin, but they may indicate if they cause an increase in blood sugars or blood glucose. And if they do, you can be sure that they will raise your insulin and body weight. Let's recap these ways to lower insulin resistance, which will in turn help lower leptin resistance, making your body more sensitive to this fat burning hormone so you can start losing fat again. Number one, focus on macronutrients. Eat plenty of healthy protein, fat, and fiber. Number two, reduce artificial sweeteners. If you have sugar alternatives, use stevia, monk fruit, or erythritol. Number three, start intermittent fasting. Even 12 or 14 hours a day is a great start. You're gonna need at least 16 hours to get into autophagy, and that's gonna help you improve leptin sensitivity even more. I want you to start prioritizing your stress management. Take a bubble bath, schedule a massage, buy a book that you wanna read, go on vacation, take a day off of work just because, be present with your family, turn off your phone and stay off social media. Whatever you need to do, de-stress and don't feel guilty about it. You also need to prioritize sleep. I know that getting good sleep can be really hard, especially if you're experiencing hot flashes or have anxiety or other worries keeping you awake. And recognize that this needs to be a high focus for you because sleep makes everything else easier to stick with. I'd also like you to check your medications and see if they raise blood glucose. When I was working in geriatric physical therapy, my patient with a record number of medications had 32, 32 medications. Polypharmacy is a huge problem today and addressing the common denominator of insulin resistance will help you drastically avoid or reduce your need for medications. You've got to address your specific causes for weight gain, all of them. Otherwise you'll struggle with weight loss plateaus and never reach your optimal level of health. There are so many things that you can do to lose weight and improve your body composition. And that's a wrap for today's episode, but I want to share something really, really exciting with you. I know last week I kind of touched on a challenge around macronutrients, but I had a big aha moment this week when I was coaching my private members during office hours, and that's that there are two pedals for weight loss. There's a gas pedal and there's a brake pedal. Right, And I think that a lot of people have their foot down on the gas pedal and the brake pedal simultaneously and they don't even know it. And they come to me and they're like, why am I not losing weight? And a lot of times they're just not implementing the right strategy. Okay, So I talk about the science behind insulin resistance and how we can optimize your nutrition and other lifestyle things to help lower that to lose weight and keep it off and change your habits, right? Because we have to follow through. Those are all of the things that keep your foot on the gas. But there's also a brake pedal. And this is the part that I'm gonna help you with during this seven day challenge. Because honestly, you can learn how to track macronutrients online. And I decided that I wanted this challenge to teach you something that you can't learn from Google. You can't learn the stuff that I'm gonna teach you in this seven day challenge on Google. 
So let me explain a little bit more about what this challenge is gonna entail so you can decide if it's something that you wanna do. Number one, it's free. There's no cost, it's seven days, it's free. Enrollment is gonna open on May 3rd and it'll go through May 9th. And the actual challenge will run from May 10th to May 17th, so mark your calendar. Now that you know that it's free and you know the dates, I gotta tell you who it's for. I want you to sign up for this challenge if you've ever said to yourself the following words. So, I want to lose weight, but I don't know how to get started. I know what to do when I'm just not doing it. I'm so afraid of failing. I don't think I can bear the disappointment if I lose weight and regain it again. I can't ever lose weight and keep it off. I'm busy and I don't have the time to lose weight right now, even though I need to. Why bother trying again? I quit every time. I've tried everything and I'm honestly not sure if anything will work for me at this point. I don't think I can lose the weight and I think that I'm destined to be at this size. And lastly, I'm exhausted and I'm burnt out from feeling restricted all the time and I'm tired of trying. So number one, if you have ever felt those things, you are not alone. And I know that they are so hard and it is so tough to feel those negative emotions. And I heard a quote last week I really want you to think about. And that is, how many of your actions today are driven by avoiding disappointment? whether that's disappointing yourself or someone else. I'm gonna say that again. How many of your actions today are driven by the fear of disappointment? There is a lot of fear around weight loss and food and believing that we can do it. And if I'm here to help you lose weight and keep it off, I have to help you take your foot off the brake pedal. I have to help you recognize these subconscious thoughts and beliefs and attitudes that are holding you back before the strategies that I teach in my program, Weight Loss for Health, will work for you. That's what we're going to do in this challenge. So here's what you're going to get through this seven-day challenge. And again, it's called the Weight Loss Breakthrough Challenge because you're going to break through apathy, hopelessness, confusion, overwhelm, desperation, fear of failure, fear of disappointment, fear of weight regain, and weight loss burnout. And you're going to get clarity in what's preventing you from losing weight. You're going to get confidence in your capability to lose weight and keep it off. You're going to get courage to actually take action that is needed to lose the weight. You're going to be able to connect with a community of like-minded people who are working through the same struggles as you are. And lastly, a two-week pop-up Facebook group with daily Facebook Lives for coaching and live Q&A with myself. So that group is going to have live Q&A coaching Monday through Friday, except on the weekends because I guard my weekends as best as I can to spend with my family because I want to lead by example for healthy boundaries. So that is a huge opportunity for you to overcome the things that are holding you back. 
I sincerely hope that you join this free challenge. It's going to be life-changing. It's going to be my best stuff yet. And please, please, please share this with a family member or a friend who needs a swift kick in the pants too. So again, the dates for enrollment are May 3rd through May 9th. Mark your calendar. Be sure that you join. And I'll talk to you again, same time, same place next week. Bye for now.